Hi, hello, and welcome to another episode of You Wanna Watch. My name is Gabby, and this is normally where I would tell you that this is a podcast where I'll let you know whether or not that movie you're considering watching is worth it. But as you can tell from the title, and if you listened to last week's episode, and if you can tell by what day this is going up on, this is a special bonus episode. With the upcoming release of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier miniseries on Disney+, Plus, I will be doing my own miniseries where each week I recap each episode and I give my thoughts about where I think things are going, how I felt about the episode, and about Marvel in general, about the MCU as a whole. And I'm very excited to be doing this. I've been very excited about this miniseries coming out ever since it was first announced. I'm excited to talk about each new episode for the next six weeks. But as a reminder, if you are not interested in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, if you are planning to wait for all the episodes to release before you watch any, or if you're just not into spoilers um, and this isn't your jam, I will still be uploading regular episodes every Monday where I talk about different movies that you can watch. So this is just bonus content. My plan is to get these up on Fridays, ideally Friday mornings, but hopefully not later than like Friday night. Um, I'm going to hold myself to that. Let's let's cross our fingers. Let's have good vibes, good energy that I can keep that up for six weeks. But I'm ready to talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So let's get into it. So before we talk about episode one, let's first do a little background, set the stage kind of a thing. As the title suggests, we are following both Sam and Bucky, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, This show is picking up right after the events of Endgame. So right after Steve shows up and he's old and he passes the shield off to Sam, passing off the Captain America mantle off to Sam. Um, This events of the show will start off right after that. We obviously know that Sam coming to terms with being the next Captain America, figuring out how he's going to manage that is obviously going to be a big focus of the show. And then along with that, how does Bucky, Steve's best friend, now fit into this dynamic of how he's going to interact with Captain America? This show will run for six episodes, so we are one out of six on our way. Besides Bucky and Sam, um, our returning other characters are Sharon Carter, who is Agent 13, who used to be a part of S.H.I.E.L.D. And then at the end of Civil War, we were shown that she had joined the CIA. And then we are also getting a return of Zemo as the villain that was in Civil War, where... um, Black Panther T'Challa does not kill him at the end of that movie and so we now have an opening for him to come back and I'm really excited that we're bringing Daniel Brühl back to the MCU because I think he's super talented great opportunity for some fun stuff to happen there we're also apparently said to be getting Rhodey back in a role as War Machine as we all know so we'll see how he fits in to this entire thing And then one other returning character to note that I'm really excited about is uh, George St. Pierre is coming back as Batroc, who was the 
beginning villain at the start of the Winter Soldier, like not a main villain. He was just kind of like a bad guy on that ship. But I think George St. Pierre is really fun. I used to be super into UFC and he was one of my favorite fighters. And I think his inclusion into the second Captain America movie really did change how the fight scenes were choreographed. And I think bringing in a UFC fighter for that really did help Marvel step up their stunt sequences when it comes to fights. So I think we have him to thank for that. I'm going to give GSP some credit for that, whether or not it's deserved. Uh, In my eyes, he made it better. So I'm very excited to see how that fits into it all, especially because that's bringing back a character who was like very minor, very, very many movies back to see like why would he be coming back? I'm very excited for whatever plot line that has in store for us. But now that we've laid a little foundation, let's get into a recap and my thoughts about the first episode. Episode one is titled New World Order. It is about like 45 minutes long. I think the runtime officially is to 49 minutes. If you watch all the credits, you don't need to do that though, because already heads up, there's no extra scene, which is to be expected. But because it's Marvel, like, I feel the need to always wait and see if there's going to be an extra like post credit scene. And I really hate that they've conditioned me this way, but it is what it is. We open up on Sam, who is getting ready for an event that we do not yet know what it's for, but he has the shield with him, and we hear a voiceover of what I assume to be Steve, but it's funny because it just sounds like Joe Biden to me, which is not a great comparison to be making, but it's Steve's voice um, telling Sam who's because Sam says like the shield feels like it's someone else's and Steve's voice in reply is saying well it isn't like trying to tell Sam that the shield is his but we're starting off this show with Sam not being fully um, in on being the next Captain America because immediately the next scene we get is he's on a assignment. Um, he's currently working with the Air Force as Falcon. He's in his Falcon gear with the wings and everything. And he's like on a mission to like save this group of Air Force members whose plane has been hijacked by what they're calling the NF, which um, it's Batroc's group from Winter Soldier, which I don't know if they had a name in the Winter Soldier. I'm sure they did, but that's immediately where we're already getting George St. Pierre. We're bringing back one of our villains from the past um, immediately, which not expecting to have seen that so soon, but I was very excited about it. The tone of the beginning of this show and the setup is very much like exactly a mix of Winter Soldier and Civil War. So the creators of this show definitely um, heavily pulled from that Russo's influence. That's where we're leaning towards um, that vibe, that tone. Definitely not the first Captain America's feel. It's definitely more Civil War and Winter Soldier. So we have a very high action-packed opening scene where Sam is flying around. There's lots of hand-to-hand combat, lots of guns. Um, I think his involvement with the Air Force, like it makes sense because Sam was originally with the Air Force. And so now he's just kind of going back and doing extra like government contracted work. But I do think on a whole, like Marvel is so funny with the way they try and like 
include why an Avenger would be part of the military while like conveniently forgetting all of the reasons why like in the past movies they've explained that that shouldn't be happening and I do think it's funny that even in this fictional world like they have like heroes doing their dirty work for them but it's fine I'll get past it Sam is successful in getting this group of um, soldiers saved but in the happenings of it Batroc does get away like Sam ends up killing like a bunch of the other bad guys but Batroc ends up leaving and then as he regroups with one of his contacts who uh, his name is Torres and I think that's going to be important I'm pretty sure he's going to be a big main character uh, for Sam to interact with the rest of the show so that's another character we already need to remember but we learn from Torres uh, another big plot point that's going to go on for the rest of the season and that there's this group of people like mercenaries whatever you want to call them that are called the flag smashers which such a comical name and they even have sam like say like oh bad guys are giving themselves bad names now and i'm glad they acknowledged it but also like why why would you write to have this group have such a stupid name it's hilarious to me but anyways these group of flag smashers <laughs> are people who think that the world was better when everybody was like blipped um, so they think like that five-year period during the blip was like peak world and they want open borders and so that's going to be a group that has their own agenda that we're going to have to interact with over the course of this show obviously after these events, Sam then goes back to Washington because he is what he was prepping for at the beginning of this episode was to give a speech at the Smithsonian because he's handing over the shield. He thinks it belongs in the museum because he's not planning on taking up the mantle. Here we run into Rhodey, who has the question for Sam as well. Like, why aren't you taking this up? And basically Sam's like, Steve was Captain America and he's the only one who can be Captain America. It's not really anybody else's place, but specifically not Sam's place in his eyes to take over that role. Obviously, as we know from the trailer, Sam's going to end up with that shield again, which is fine that we know that. But for now, it's sitting in the Smithsonian. He gives a very nice speech. It's very sad. Um, they talk about Steve in the past tense. So I don't know if that's because... Steve was old when he came back and he's dead or if they're like acting there that's their cover story that like Steve just died um during the events of Endgame trying to save the world which valid I guess they don't, that's the easiest way to explain it away why Chris Evans won't show up in this show I'll take it then at this point we finally get to see what Bucky has been up to they kind of this first episode splits the two characters they don't interact with each other um this entire episode we're just getting backstory of what they've been doing in the six months post endgame basically is our timeline and Bucky's introduction into this new world um is very traumatic and quite sad in a way that's very unique to him uh our first scene is that shows up as he's the winter soldier and it ends up that he's having a nightmare and he's having these flashbacks and remembering different 
people that he killed as um, the Winter Soldier, like when he was being brainwashed, he's remembering a very specific mission he went on and then he wakes up and he's laying on the floor in his apartment, which is a callback to um, when Sam and Steve met first in the Winter Soldier and they're talking about their beds and how soft they are and how that's not what it was like uh, during the war. And so they have a hard time sleeping. So I like seeing pieces like that to see where eventually um, Bucky and Sam are going to have to like find some connection and have to form a friendship in the same way that Steve and Sam did. So they do have lots of parallels and things in common, um, which I think it's nice to be reminded of because they're going to have to come to some sort of middle ground and stop bickering at some point. And I'm excited to see that. Bucky's in therapy and he's kind of an ass about it, which is to be understood and I think fits his character well. The one thing about having a show about these two is it feels like this is way more information than I ever expected to get and like way more backstory than I ever expected to be canon for Sam and Bucky. Like most of the stuff of what people think about Sam and people think about Bucky has been like sort of decided upon by the fans. Like if you take both these characters at face value from what Marvel has given us in the past movies, there's actually like not much to either character, which is so odd. Like, I mean, we know what we know about Bucky from when before he was um, like obviously turned into the Winter Soldier. We know how he was with his friendship with Steve. But in the grand scheme of it, he's probably only been in like 20 minutes total where he had a personality for his entire show. So like kind of everything we can think about Bucky has been made up by fans and then sort of like retconned into canon. And the same thing with Sam. Like we knew that he had been in the military before and we knew that he like he was a good man we knew all of that we knew he was ready to always like jump in to save steve to always be on the team like reliable but now we're getting more of his backstory we later see his family like his sister and his nieces we learn more about um just like who he is like the family business that his parents had that was like a fishing business Um, he's really interested in helping his sister out and saving that family business because she wants to get rid of it. And so we're just learning so much that I really never expected to learn. And I think this is different in the way compared to WandaVision, where WandaVision, we were obviously learning more about Wanda and Vision, but it also was mainly a show made to set up sort of more world building and more, um, to showcase Wanda's powers like a lot of those plot points in that show weren't to really give her like a more fleshed out personality because they had already really set that foundation in our past movies in the MCU and so much of this was more just setting up more of that world building giving Wanda all of these powers really turning her into Scarlet Witch so that we can have the next Doctor Strange movie And Falcon and the Winter Soldier already feels more like a character building device. Like they want to flush out 
Sam and Bucky and I'm sure eventually like Sharon like they want to give all of these characters a little more backstory a little more depth which I'm really excited to see I think that's really interesting um, especially because Bucky was always a character that I really liked and then like went on my own to find out more information about and so I, I feel like I have a lot of knowledge about who I think Bucky is and it's nice to have that sort of officially be explored not just researched or written about on the internet so all of these like personalities that they're giving Bucky all of these reactions that he's having are now like a part of the MCU officially so Bucky's introduction um, he's having to go through therapy and an exercise that his therapist is having as he's trying to go around and make amends to people he hurt as the Winter Soldier, like he's trying to undo some of the things that he had done. So he's got a lot of like guilt and remorse and he has an, he feels obligated to try and undo some of that. Like he has a little notebook like Steve had in Winter Soldier. And also um, this really had a callback for me to Natasha when she talked about um, having a lot of red in her ledger that she needed to have wiped out. Like she had kind of like a hit list of people she needed to get rid of. And Bucky's basically the opposite. Like he had a hit list of people he killed or wrongs that he made, obviously not in his control, but he feels that because his hands were the one who did it, he has to be the one who undo it. Um, And so he's sort of trying to navigate how to process all of that and move forward in his new life but his therapist reminds him that he's like she's like you're a hundred years old and you're alone and you have no history and you have no family and it really is just like the saddest thing because Steve is gone like that was the only connection he had to his like past life And being reminded that with Steve gone, that really does like leave Bucky all alone just makes me even so much more mad about the whole Steve going back in time thing. Like I thought that was out of character when I saw Endgame when I was sitting in the theater. I was so mad about it and I'm just going to have to keep getting mad about it, I guess, because at every turn I'm going to be reminded of why that doesn't make any sense for Steve to have done. And the biggest reason why it doesn't make any sense is because it leaves Bucky all alone by himself, which is, I hate that. I hate it so much. Like he doesn't even have Natasha around because Natasha is also dead. Like that's the only other person who was sort of adjacent in his life, like that he had some sort of tie to and she's also gone. And wow, I'm getting even more sad just saying that Like his life is so sad. We learn that Bucky uh, regularly gets lunch with this older man. Um, they usually go to this like sushi place and the one of the chefs who works there, like the man sets uh, Bucky up on a date with her. Like he like asks her out on Bucky's behalf. So now Bucky's got to try and go on this date. Um, but we learn that this man, um, he had a son who was killed overseas And when that's mentioned, Bucky has this like sort of look on his face. And we eventually learn that the flashback and the nightmare that Bucky had um, was of him killing the man's son. So this is another person who's on Bucky's list that he's trying to make amends for. 
um, which is, it's just so sad. Like, I really hope that at some point, like, I hope in his therapy sessions, we can get to a point where we, he realizes that he can't hold himself responsible for all the things he did when he was a winter soldier because he was quite literally brainwashed and had no control over anything that he was doing. But that's sort of where Bucky's at um, at the start of this show. Sam is again in New Orleans um, trying to help save his family business, helping out his sister. And then he makes contact with Torres again because we get another scene with Torres who is in Switzerland um, because Torres is the one who told Sam about the flag smashers and he's been doing all this extra research. He has this app that like shows him where their symbol has been placed and so he like shows up at this like outside of this bank basically and the leader of the flag smashers like show up and they're passing out these masks and everything. And the whole point is to create kind of chaos so they can successfully rob this bank. And the main leader of the flag smashers like has some sort of powers. We learn like he's very powerful. Like he kicks one of the like bystanders that are there, like one of the police officers that are trying to stop them and the man flies very far and then Torres tries and stops him like he thinks he's all like because he's American he thinks he has the right to like tell other people what to do obviously um and so he like tries to arrest the dude and in doing so gets his ass kicked so we have officially met part of the group of the flag smashers we've met the leader and we know he has some sort of super human abilities which Obviously, this is now going to follow us for the rest of the season. It's probably going to be our biggest mystery. And then our final reveal for the end of the episode is the American government is not happy not having a Captain America. So they picked a random white boy. They pulled the shield out of the Smithsonian. And we now have a new Captain America. And then fade to black. Roll the credits. We need to get on to episode two. My overall thoughts on this first episode is that I thought it was quite strong um, for like the intro episode to the show, especially considering we're only going to have six. So I think they did a really good job of giving backstory for both Sam and Bucky while also putting um, plot points that are going to keep us moving forward for the rest of the show. I also really appreciate too that I feel like a lot of Those plot points, though, can be wrapped up in this six episode arc because I think a lot of like, I don't think the flag smashers, I hate saying that because I think it's so stupid, but I don't think that plot point will be super important for the greater MCU moving forward. And I don't think it needs to be. I think it'll be something interesting for this set of episodes. Um, but that, that's not the most important part to carry forward. The most important part will be sort of how we see Sam taking on being Captain America, how Bucky will fit into that in the future, um, and just keeping their characters moving forward through phase four of the MCU. So I'm excited that it feels like that they know what they're doing there, that they know that who Sam and Bucky are are the most important part of this show, like giving them full personalities and giving them full backstories um, outside of what we already know is 
really the most important part. So I really appreciate that that was the focus of this first episode. I'm really curious to see how the rest of our characters are going to fit on later. Like I'm really excited to see where Sharon comes into this and then how Zemo um, is going to fit into everything. I am a bit worried that they might be trying to do too much. So I hope that they contain it really well. Um, but I'm really excited to see where this next episode and other future episodes are going to go. Like, I thought that this was a really strong start. Um, I enjoy the vibe. Like, I love Winter Soldier. And the parts about Civil War that I'm being reminded of are the parts that I liked. So I'm just super excited for the action and for the backstories and just seeing how the rest of this plot is going to unfold. I'd love to know what you thought about this first episode. I'm also really excited to see um, sort of anybody else on the internet's thoughts and like guesses for how this season's going to go. I'd love to talk about that over on Twitter. If you were interested in having that conversation, I am happy to do so. Just hit me up on Twitter. I will be back to talk about episode two of Falcon and the Winter Soldier next Friday. But in the meantime, I'll have another movie-focused episode going up on Monday, so I'll catch you then. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of You Wanna Watch. You can find me on Apple Podcast and Spotify, as well as on Twitter at YWWPod and Instagram at You Wanna Watch.